On this episode of Star Trek Universe, we are talking about Prodigy 106 Kobayashi. After these words from our mystery sponsors. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Star Trek Universe, the podcast where you get to listen in on the Star Trek conversation being had by two lifelong friends since they were six years old. My name is Matthew Carroll. I am David C. Robertson. How you doing tonight, Dave? Man, I was okay. Mm-hmm. And then I watched this episode. And now you're great. Now I'm great. Right? <laughs> what, a, what a great episode. You know, it's... I said on Twitter, this is possibly the best episode of Star Trek I have seen in the past year. <laughs> what I didn't say, maybe, the, maybe since... Trials and Tribulations. <laughs> <laughs> that is very much showing the kind of Star Trek you like. I mean... Those are two very, very singular episodes. They're like episodes that grab pieces of content from other other <laughs> Star Trek and infuse them into new Star Trek. Look, man, I love a good... Like like we said last week, I love a good episode where we're debating big moral questions and... Mm-hmm. And I love all that, but man, there are lots of people who just completely shit on fan service. Sure. And uh, if it's if it's real, real bad, I, I can see like if it's like, oh god, that's so stupid. Right. There may have been a pinch of that here. Sure. But sure. Sure. Thank you. I'll take it. I, right, I right, loved right. this. No, but this thing is like fan service. There's nothing wrong with fan service serving the fans. Like that's the yeah. point of making content. I am a fan. Service me. Yeah, please service me. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want you to like shove a character from way back in a scene that's like incredibly, you know, salient and important for like Michael Burnham or something. You know, like there's there mm-hmm. there 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 are moments to do it. And this episode is like, and just like Trials and Tribulations, those episodes are designed to be fan service in a way that's still like. A fun episode on its on its own, and this was yep. a great episode, and it was actually really wonderful for uh, for Doll, right? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. spicing spacing on his name because it's been so long, but uh, yeah, you know, I think this episode's wonderful for for his character. Like he actually learns the lesson of the Kobayashi Maru, which was kind of neat. We've never seen a character like really get a chance to learn that live. I mean, except for in like Star Trek, what is it? Star Trek two? Star Trek two. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, it's not a character we really know at that point. Um, so it was just nice to see, uh, nice to see that and then kind of learn it in an interesting way. Cause he, he did the Kobayashi Maru. He was stubborn. And like, that's the thing we know about doll. And it's like, he had to do it 50 times before he'll realize, um, and actually, it's kind of funny. This this actually mirrors very well a lower decks episode recently, where mm-hmm. um, the main character did hit did did a test fifty times trying to get get through it and get through it perfectly. Very similar, actually. And then a uh, doll still couldn't achieve it, you know. Because they had done that on lower decks, I really was expecting doll to like reprogram it. So that he could win. Like, I was expecting that scene. Like, how do you even beat this thing? And like, oh, it's a no-win scenario. Uh-huh. I was expecting him to try to cheat and then be like, look what I beat. The Gobiashi Maru. I guess I am the captain. I expected that. They did not go that way, but I expected it. Oh, yeah. No, I I fully expected him not to be able to beat it. Basically what happened. And it, it was wonderful to see 
like the way his like crew is mutinying uh, (laughs) on him, like trying to complete the Kobayashi Maru and, and seeing like, you know, these characters that we love, Odo, Crusher, Uhura and Spock all just yelling at him. And Uh, Scotty and Scotty and Scotty, not really Scotty yelling at him, but (laughs) (laughs) so good. It's just so much fun. And it's, were they all using audio from previously recorded? uh, I know that Spock's were all, Spock's and Uhura's were all from previous, uh, from episodes of the original series and all over the place. Gates McFadden was doing Crusher. Okay. Like, uh, like new versions of Crusher. Yes. Okay. And, and obviously, Um, uh, Renee has passed, but I'm assuming this wasn't recorded before his death. Right. No, that, uh, I actually have a list of all the places they got it from. Interesting, because Odo's lines, I gotta say, seem to fit well to the point that, like, I thought they were new. Yeah, no, they weren't. They weren't. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, Nichelle Nichols is not passed, but she she is in a place of health where she would not have been able to do it. Right, and the voice would have been so very different. Um, even even Gates, I felt like was different. Yeah. yeah, and we got a little bit of that with uh, you know Spock, where there it was very clear when they switched over. I mean, besides me just knowing the material. Yeah, exactly. Far beyond what was healthy when it jumped from the original <laughs> series to the Kelvin timeline, it was like, whoa, that audio quality, yo. <laughs> not Kelvin timeline. The, the the Star Trek movies, they didn't hit the the Kelvin timeline. Oh, did they not? That last mm-hmm. line when he says. Uh, you did the, this is very much like a like a captain I once knew. No, that That's was not from, from Unification uh, too. That's from TNG. Oh, you're you're totally right. You're totally right. I was thinking it was from when he's in the cave with Kirk in the Kelvin mm. timeline. He says something kind of similar. No, it's when he's in the cave with Picard. Oh, sorry, <laughs> wrong cave. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, when they switch over to like TNG and Star Trek 2, like I totally, that was like, oh, oh, his you know, voice got old. It worked though from it a, uh, from because it's the computer and they kind of like made it work where he's like a robot man almost. Like they, they clearly like, they, they could only do so much because they're pulling from episodes. They probably didn't even have the original mm-hmm. audio. They probably had to like strip out music and do all kinds of things to make that work, you know? Strip out sound effects. I've seen little documentaries and stuff about how they remastered it for Blu-ray, mm-hmm. but the original series, but I don't remember if they had like the stems and whatever. Like they, I, I don't know. They may have had right. to like, but the, for sure, some of those audio clips did not match the quality of the modern recording. Right. And it, it was obvious. They also, some of them don't match very well the situation. They, they pulled a couple that were stretches. <laughs> forget, there were a couple. I forget what the ones that I'm thinking of, but they were, it was, it was, it still worked. I still loved it. Yeah, like one of Ahura's I know was just like, well, that seemed a little dramatic for what was, <laughs> nah, never mind. By the way, we normally try to do a recap, so if you're listening to this in the distant future, we've gone on a while without saying so, but this is the episode where Dahl does the Kobayashi Maru and mm-hmm. gets visited by, you know, ghosts of Star Trek past, as it were. <laughs> That's a way to put it. <laughs> Dude, seeing the Enterprise D rendered in this mm-hmm. beautiful animation was like mm-hmm. emotional for me like him yeah. sitting on the leather of the chair and like sl- slouching in the leather of the chair and seeing scotty appear next to him like all that was so cool <laughs> yeah I, I was like i felt bad because i was like god the enterprise deed just never looked this good right <laughs> this, this is you know you, you always talk about animation whatever this looks way better than next generation I, like way I better <laughs> i don't talk about animation sure, whatever sure. a lot of people do though uh, I that's think your grown-up hang-up <laughs> this animation's particularly <laughs> good though it's really well this style and i mean you know animation's just getting better especially you know tv animation particularly when you have to make a lot of episodes in the past has been lower quality mm-hmm. um but the way they're able to do 3d animation these days and you know motion capture and combine all these aspects of motion capture and 3d rendering and like just really good textures like it's really really neat the way they pulled this off it's pretty badass i do have a a question about like because he says you know they're telling him i pick a screw and he can't decide he doesn't know anybody he's like just give me some of the best i i want to know like there's like my geek heart is the going yay but then like my nerd heart is going wait a minute 
what is the criteria for best <laughs> for for best how are they choosing these people when did Odo become a part of Starfleet? Are we talking about Star just Starfleet officers or just people that the computer <laughs> knows of? Because I know I know the real reason is uh, we want to pay tribute to to Renee, and that's amazing and wonderful, and I get it, and that's fantastic. But why was he there? Right. <laughs> that's my question. Well, um, I'll. I'll- I'll headcanon it and say, you know, we, we've joked in the, in the, uh, in the, in, we've joked slash theorized uh, on Picard, particularly how all of this, all the stories that we've watched on Picard, mm-hmm. they've all grown up with those same stories because they've right. been turned into hollow novels and such. Like, they, mm-hmm. and it's clear that that's the truth on uh, Picard. Like, people know his stories, they know his missions and stuff because yeah. there are now hollow novels about his days as captain. Um, and I just have to assume that that's true of all of the series that we love. <laughs> and yeah. so that way, that way it makes sense that Boimler loves the same people we do. And it makes sense that like, like I just have to imagine now that like in the world of star Trek, there's a, some of the most popular series of hollow novels are called enterprise deep space nine, uh, <laughs> next yeah. generation, you know, like I have to imagine those are like the most popular series of hollow novels. And that's why these people know the same crew. And in that case, if you get to this point and they're like, uh, just give me some of your best. It, it, it's mm-hmm. probably based on algorithmics, similar to like how you do iTunes these days. Like right. who are most people picking, you know, and they just throw it in there. <laughs> yeah. And they chose based on the on you know the ship in the program that they chose, which apparently was the Enterprise D. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just kind of branched out from there. Totally makes uh, sense to me. <laughs> and you know, if, if uh, <laughs> I've se- I have seen some pushback from people, not about this episode. I, I haven't seen anything negative about this episode except someone complaining about um, how much fan service it was. But sure. Um, you know, I, I have seen a lot of pushback about, you know, the, the idea that all of these things that we've watched were uh, fictionalized at some point in the Star Trek universe. And I would like to point out, as I have before, Gene Roddenberry was the first one to do that. In the in in like Kirk's little prologue in Star Trek, the motion picture uh novelization just the novelization yeah but it was written by gene roddenberry sure and he you know kirk in there talks about how like people you know (laughs) overplay the like the events of of uh his life because of dramatizations that have been made available (laughs) so basically people in his in the Star Trek universe are watching TV shows about Star Trek. <laughs> I feel like some of that is him saying like, maybe if the tone is a little different and the sh- movies are a little more realistic than those kind of teleplays mm-hmm. you watched, that's because those are the you know, dramatizations uh, yeah. you're watching. Now let's get to the real stuff in the movie. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, I considered that, but it, it is an idea that, Roddenberry himself championed for some amount of time anyway. Yeah. I mean, you remember in Logan, how they have the X-Men yes. comics exist in Logan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. I love Logan. That's like the only reason I don't want Hugh Jackman to show up in the MCU. I'm like, no, he had a swan song. Leave he him had his swan song. I, <laughs> you know, after I, I, not to derail us, but after, after no way home, I'm just like, do anything you want. I am so like, do anything you want with that level of thoughtfulness. And I am in like, just right. do anything. I, Kevin Feige put the, like hook the car battery up to my nipples. <laughs> Feed me 121 gigawatts if that's what it takes, baby. Just as long as you're paddling me while we're doing it. That's fine. <laughs> spank, uh, spank me, daddy. I have been bad. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's get back to the... I feel like every time we talk about the children's show, we get into a weird place. <laughs> it's not relegated to the children's show. <laughs> Yeah, if anything, this is probably the most um, fan servicey of old fans. You know, this show has had a lot mm-hmm. of reference. I mean, clearly, I can't even like, I can't. Even, I said that like it was like a even even a contest, but like every other episode of this particular show has been very, uh, you know, standalone uh, of its of its own. And then this episode mm-hmm. was super referential of other Star Trek. You know, um, it was in such a fun way. And I, I'm, I'm 
really curious to see what like my niece thinks of this episode because you know it's all it's it's will she like these characters that are popping up will she know about them (laughs) will she like mr spock and his super pinch you know yeah so it's interesting to see or will it just be like who were those guys (laughs) and why did they sound weird <laughs> if she even notices. Yeah, no, I think other than Spock and her and her didn't speak as much. Other than Spock and her, everybody else sounded great. Mm-hmm. I think most of the time they sounded everyone sounded great. There were just a few instances where it was just like, ooh, that archive audio is not great. Yeah. But exactly. It's okay. I don't oh, yeah. I don't mind. Uh, it's funny that um he tries to high five Spock. Or he does high five Spock. He does high five Spock. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And Sp- I love the, the the glance at the uh, spot gives him the live long and prosper and he high fives him and there's just like right before he disappears there's just a glance at the high five of, of, of sort of annoyance mm-hmm. <laughs> dug it it's really good it was fantastic yep great episode it like, really achieved its goals and here's the other thing is I watched it twice mm-hmm. and on the fir- after the first watching I was like man that was a very focused episode like it was really about like it started out I was thinking there was going to be a lot more to going on there's all this other stuff happening in the background but like it really stayed focused on the Kobayashi Maru and then I went back and thought about it and a lot of stuff happened this episode we found out about oh, Chakotay uh, yeah. was the captain of the protostar that's mm-hmm. crazy um we found out that there was another crew, you know, that's, that's a big deal. We found out, yep. uh, the, the, the mission is somehow corrupted. They don't know what the mission is. Um, yep. they also know that like, um, they, they, they break down Janeway's like memories and it's written in the code of Gwen's people, which is like mm-hmm. not possible. And like, we've discussed some of these theories about like what, how are her people connected with Starfleet and what does the protostar mean and like yeah seems like we're really getting into that mystery this episode and then also the freaking um bad guy for lack of a better term because I can't remember his name right now um gets another progeny no he doesn't he doesn't that was that was a, that's the point of confusion I've seen online and um a lot of people are missing that when they went to that scene it said 17 years ago. So we, we were watching the birth of Gwyn. Oh, no, I didn't see that at all. Yeah. So he doesn't have another one. That was the conversation leading up to the birth of him Gwyn. deciding to birth her, basically. So at that point, 17 years ago, they had already been looking for the protostar. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally missed that. Yeah. I'm about to rewatch that scene because I totally didn't get that that was 17 years ago. Okay. Yeah. I thought you made another progeny and I was like, mm-hmm. are we going to get some sort of like one that's sort of loyal to him and one that isn't? And now he's, she's going to have to kind of fight her sister or brother or something. I don't know what they're trying to do here. It seemed weird, but that makes a lot more sense, but it seems really out of place to put it in the middle of this episode. Well, it, it makes sense because right before that, you know, Gwen is talking to the um what's the thing's name? The <laughs> Murph? No. Um the is ball. The the XO or XE or Yeah, whatever. Uh <laughs> the ball. I can't now I'm under pressure and I can't remember anything. Like uh, <laughs> but she's it's been too long. To it's been her. like six weeks, and we've completely forgotten all the names. <laughs> I was feeling super proud of myself when we were watching this show because I was like, I know everybody's name. And then we yeah. like, came back to it, and I was like, I don't know anyone's name anymore. It's been six weeks. Medusan. She's the Medusan. Yes. Uh, the Medusan. Uh, <laughs> probably Star Trek fans go on, you idiot. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, she's talking to her about, like, you know, you know I, I, I don't understand why my father would have had me in the first place and like what would what would be so uh important about this ship that he would choose it over me and uh and then they're like well we'll find the answers together and then it fades right into 17 years earlier where uh the diviner is talking to dreadnought mm-hmm. about you know how he's been searching for this thing and but yeah that they said 17 years ago now, the interesting thing about that, though, is um, when they, though they've never said it on screen in the press release, 
They said that the time was, the year was 2383. Okay. Man, like, I don't know how this timeline is going to work. Like, if he's been looking for it for 17 years, that means that if what they, the year they said in the press release was accurate, that means that Chakotay took the Protostar back five years before Voyager got home. Hmm. Well, we've, we've discussed the idea of possible time travel, this whole thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> that seems weird. I mean, you know, we got people already screaming continuity error, but, you know. Yeah, but we just don't know yet. What's on screen is canon. 2383 was never said on screen. That's right. I've been, like, really curious if this is going to be, like, in the distant future. You know, like, it could be out in Discovery's time for all I know. Mm-hmm. Now that we know about the crew, I feel like this next episode we might get some, like, answers as to what happened to them and maybe some of some more of this even if we just get a little bit more of this video of chakotay or this mm-hmm. hollow of chakotay or whatever um i screwed up i'm looking at this and it's chakotay would have been taking the protostar back uh if he actually had been looking for 17 years chakotay would have had to have taken the protostar back uh five years before voyager was thrown into the delta quadrant in the first place right okay and then it's been, you know, so he, yeah, so this would be like five years after Voyager comes home. Well, what if it, it could be, <laughs> hear me out now, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, you, that a young Chakotay. <laughs> I mean, he looked pretty young. In he the, did. In the, he, he really did. Um, a, a young chick. Well, no, that is then. Then why would Janeway be his number one? Never mind. That makes no sense. Well, uh, it wasn't Janeway. It was the hologram Janeway? Right. No. Still, I was just. I was just trying to throw out a, a theory that like Ch- young Chakotay was like the captain of the Protostar before his Maquis rebellion stuff. But oh, doesn't make sense no. if there's a hollow <laughs> Janeway on the ship. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unless he was always dreaming of Janeway. He wrote a hollow. I don't know. <laughs> That's why he trusted her in the end. No. No. <laughs> oh, no, man. I'm making it work. <laughs> Don't worry. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that said, they should have wound up together in Voyager. That was some bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, whether they ended up or together or not, like the throwing them with seven in one episode felt weird. <laughs> Yeah, like, it was in the last episode, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you really have time for that? Ain't nobody got time for that. Come on, checkers. You got time to be messing around with that Borg lady? (laughs) What'd you call him? Checkers. Checkers. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It was a thing, because it's kind of like Chakotay. It was, sorry, it was just something that came to me. Like years and years and years ago, many years ago, thousands of years ago, <laughs> um, uh, back when I was on the old Rihansu Romulan AOL message boards uh, <laughs> and Voyager was airing first air. Um, <laughs> basically, I had a thing where I was like, Chicote did nothing again this episode. I swear if Riker is is chess, then Chicote is checkers. And then I just started calling him checkers and I did for years. So that just slipped out. I like it. I did. I like it. It's funny because I've never heard you call him checkers and we've talked about Star Trek off cast for years and now for what, two years on cast. Uh, all we've ever done is just talk about like how great DS nine is or how what? great original series. We've never really talked about Voyager other than say like, ah, not, not much. <laughs> we, no, we talked a good bit about it, especially, uh, we were prepping for, uh, well, we mostly talked about seven of nine, but we, t- yeah. we talked about it a good bit prepping for Picard. Yeah. But you know, not, just a weird throwback. I haven't thought about it in a long time either. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I just called him checkers for a second. I forgot. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm 38, not like 17. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird when that happens. It's weird when, you know. You suddenly just are thrown back a decade or two. Yeah. I've done it myself. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Can't just, just nothing negative to say about this episode. Really fun. No. Fantastic. Really, really fun. Um, a lot of big things going on. Oh, any, any other ideas about Murph? Now that we know that Murph can like take in a bunch of energy that should disintegrate him. No. no and like turn no it into a light and then just like absorb it. 
I don't know that he turned it into a light. I think it just exploded inside of him. <laughs> right, but it didn't it didn't come out as heat or like, right. or or you know concussive blast or anything. It just a light emitted from his belly into out mm-hmm. of out of his mouth. So like you know he's doing some sort of conversion there. Yeah. So I don't I I'm, I don't you know they've said oh we're not gonna let's go big reveal what what Murph is. I I don't know I I can't. No, it doesn't look like like the one picture we have of a Denebian slime devil. So, and that's what everybody keeps saying online. But I, mm-hmm. you know, like we have like not one non-canon picture of a Denebian slime devil. Actually, it's not non-canon. It was I think it was like on a poster in Sick Bay in the original series somewhere. Huh. But I say it's one of Odo's people. That yeah, never <laughs> did, did did like just got you know. Hasn't been, uh, it is still, still, still working out its whole shape shifting thing. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, it's my throw out. It's my, it's my, it's my guess. <laughs> I don't think that at all, but okay. Yeah, no, especially after what, what he did this time. I don't think Odo yeah. has that ability in any way. <laughs> yeah, you know, who knows? I think it's going to be something fun though. Oh man. Good stuff. I hope so. Great stuff. I'm looking forward to next week's. Yeah, I don't know that it can top it. Uh, no, I think especially for you, I think this is going to be your favorite episode of the series. Like, <laughs> it might be. Like, I mean, like you said, nothing's been in some way this good since Trials and Tribulations. Like, this is uh, this is so up your alley. Like, man, bask in today for you saw a great Star Trek episode. Yeah, man, I do. And to be fair, they all these new shows they do reference stuff a lot more than the old stuff used to, I feel like. Um, mm. but, yeah, you're uh, probably right. So, I mean, I know Lower Decks definitely does. Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. But it, what's fun is, like, being able to do those references and it still be... I mean, you know, like, this this felt almost like a Lower Decks episode um, with the amount of references and just, like... But but in a way that still felt like a fun adventure story. And, you know, sometimes Lower Decks feels that way. And sometimes it feels like a, you know, just a silly laugh fest, which is, mm-hmm. is great. Man, what a, what, a, what, a, what a time. What a time to be a Star Trek fan that we're just, you know, watching Star Trek every week. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. crazy. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Which we might be interrupted. Uh, did you see the news about Star Trek Picard? No. What happened? Like they came back to work after Christmas break on a Monday and they all, and like 50 people tested positive for COVID. So that's been shut down for a minute. Yeah, dude, COVID is, I, I, I guess, uh, in for the, for the podcast to know, I, I currently have COVID. Um, the, I have almost everyone I know has COVID right now, or like, you know, every, the tons of people within one or two degrees of separation of me right now. Like, it's just like in my life, everyone has COVID. And then on mm-hmm. top of that, you, like you said, I think, uh, I watched Colbert today and Colbert was like, yep, uh, I'm on the air, but I guess just barely because <laughs> it was actually a pretty good joke. He said, um, he said, uh, Seth Meyers is shut down because Seth has COVID. Um, Jimmy Kimmel shut down because Jimmy has COVID. Uh, you know, he named like four of the hosts and they all currently, currently have COVID. Mm-hmm. Then he said, I don't know what's going on with Conan. And that's the longest case of COVID I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Uh, pretty good. That joke. is good. It is good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's like, uh, it's just crazy. Like even at that level of, you know, you know, people trying to protect them and trying to protect their, um, you know, say, you know, their own safety so they can make these multi-million dollar shows like four of the five big late night hosts all have COVID. Yeah. It's just nuts, man. Yeah. It's Omicron and it sounds like Omicron's less, uh, uh, less hospitalizing by case number. Like it's less percentage of people are getting or getting hospitalized, but it's Mm -hmm. still like people that aren't vaccinated are getting hospitalized to the point that it's still putting a lot of stress on the hospitals. Yeah. So and 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 
that's always been the issue, man. It's like not so much the, uh, and you, I mean, you know this, but like, it's not, it's not that people can't be saved from COVID, like the, the ventilators and the this and that, now that we've had years to prepare and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, when the hospitals get overrun like this, people start getting turned away from all kinds of other stuff. And like, we, we've all got family that's older and it's like, man, my yeah. mom's been in and out of the hospital and these last few months have been hard to get her into the hospital some days because COVID's mm-hmm. just got everything maxed out, you know? Yep. She, she, she lived in a hallway for a week. Her first week after her fall, she was like in a hallway. I think it was three days in a hallway. And then she's still like in the ER for like another day or two because, yep. um, couldn't, yeah, it's crazy, man. So hopefully this will all get better. And, uh, and then my case of COVID was pretty mild. I've been, I was kind of knocked on my ass for about four days, but, uh, but it just like flew like symptoms, nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't like close to death or anything. Yeah. Oh man. Crazy times. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know what to say about it other than get vaccinated. Yes. Everybody please get vaccinated. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for hanging out with me and talking Star Trek, Dave. Yeah, man. By the way, uh, I loved the in memory of Rene Arbogenois, James Duen, and Leonard Nimoy, who inspire us to go boldly mm. at the end of the episode. Yeah. I loved that. that. That That's beautiful. That got me. <laughs> you know what's... That, um, that hit me in my heart hole, man. <laughs> heart hole. You know what's... It's the hole where my heart used to be. You know what had to be like a hard decision when they're making that at the end? To like... Mm-hmm. It's the... <laughs> I just heard your it's the hole where my heart used to be <laughs> like when they're making that like n- not that because she's close to death but uh, Nichelle Nichols is also elderly and has you know made this Star Trek for a long time so it's like <laughs> I wonder if they're like making that like how do we say this without implying that she's dead too or like you know what I'm saying I, yeah <laughs> I, I wondered if they chose her for the episode because they thought she might be by the time this comes out. Yeah. Just slap her name on there. It's pretty likely. Um, yeah, no, but that's, uh, yeah, that's a bummer. She beat the odds. But I mean, they had Gates McFadden on there who is not, you know, not in, not in that. Uh, I also, I was, uh, I don't know, favorite security chief. I, I, I like, I was really hoping for a little wharf to show. I kind of was hoping them to cycle through people, I guess. But I mean, it was really nice to see these four. And get the, mm-hmm. like a bunch of them, you know, and yeah, get this much Odo in an episode. I mean, who would have thought? Yeah, I love man. It. If I could, I would just hug Renee right now. Yeah, man, great actor, did great things on the show, and he'd probably say to me, six feet." <laughs> yep, and, and I'd feel like Quark, and all would be right with the world. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I love that he came. Did you did you ever watch that uh, that Stewie Family Guy movie, uh, uh, the Untold Story or whatever? No. There's a great bit in there because you know Seth MacFarlane loves Star Trek. You know this. Yes, I do. Uh, they had a great bit in there where Stewie says something about his cousin Quark, <laughs> and then it cuts to Quark's bar and Stewie as Quark and Renee Arbogenois actually did the voice. And he's Odo, and he's standing, and he's like, what are you up to, Quark? And he's like, I don't know nothing, man. <laughs> he's like, Quark, I'm on to you, Quark. Leave me alone, I don't know nothing. I, I, I think you've told me that before, it's really good. <laughs> I I really want to see, uh, I can, I'm excited about the Orville coming back. Mm. Um, have, have one, you, more, one final season, huh? Right? Uh, I don't think they've been officially announced that yet. They, they moved it off of uh, TV. And now it's mm. only going to be on Hulu, which I think seemed to bode. I think it, I see it. So like, I think it had been announced as one more season at one point, but then they instead decided to move it to Hulu, which mm. kind of gave it a new life. And then COVID hit and it's been like two years in the making. So like yeah. now who knows, you know, TV's it's been three years and they could get another chance at life if it does well on Hulu. So yeah. I, I highly recommend if you, if you, you know, you love this stuff, like go, go check out Orville. It's like, you know, a lot of people like it because it's so much like classic Star Trek. Um, right. With, with some Seth MacFarlane humor thrown in, which I actually find refreshing. Like it can be distracting, especially in the first season. Um, first season, mm-hmm. they, they're still working on that balance. And it, my theory is that Fox was like, 
make a Seth MacFarlane spaceship show. And he's like, no, no, I just want to make Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, 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 make a Seth MacFarlane, you know, lots of, lots of, lots of dick jokes. And he's like, all right, I'll give you your dick jokes if you give me my moral ambiguity. <laughs> <laughs> like and after yeah. hearing him in some interviews like it's really it seems like he really cares about the stuff that i really care about on these shows he, yeah there's more of those like long you know boardroom talk scenes about like the moral you know rightness of a thing than there are is in like current star trek i love it um hmm. and but then the 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 jokes they're still there for sure all throughout and it becomes more about like the people are just real people it's less mm -hmm. about like let's make this a silly uh parody it's more about like it's star it's like a starfleet type organization it's the distant future but we're still people like there's p humans are still humans they're still pulling pranks on each other they're still making the they're still talking about their dating lives and stuff and it's it's just not it's it's like Star Trek, but not sort of like over sanitized or whatever. Yeah, I I know there was a uh, there was a whole thing where he actually pitched to CBS doing a Star Trek series. Yes, and they shot him down because they're idiots. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then he ba and basically when that news came out, uh, you know, there was rioting, rioting on the on the social meds. Uh, Star Trek <laughs> fans, oh, I can't, no, I'd never watch a Star Trek show with that. And I feel like a lot of those same people, I know several of them at least that I have kept track of, uh, <laughs> now are claiming, ah, oh, the Orville is a better Star Trek series than any of this new shit that's coming. Yeah. Guys. It is more like, like traditional Star Trek than any of the stuff that we're watching uh, for this show, you know, any of the, any of the officially made Star Trek stuff that's happening right now, it is more like the original stuff. Or TNG, really, I feel like. Um, it seems yeah. more like TNG. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's definitely of that era more than, I mean, it, you know, it has elements of uh, all of it, and there's a little more yeah. serialization uh, than TNG. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, it's like a really good balance. Uh, and and obviously the the humor is like a whole different aspect that just Star Trek's never had in this yeah. kind of way. I have I have been considering giving it another shot. Yeah, I I think it's absolutely worth it. Get past the fourth or fifth thir third third episode. I think is called about a girl. Mm -hmm. I think that's like that's a that's when the show finds a voice that it's that it needs and it continues to have that voice it, it it's weird but like, like i said i think there's this struggle going on between the producers where they're like no it needs to have more dick jokes and he's like but i i'll make it funny but i just want to keep making it you know a real i want to make it feel real at the same time you know yeah and uh he he yeah so sometimes it's successful at that and sometimes it's not yeah, sometimes it's well, a little yeah. over, especially the first season. It get it, the, the sophomoric humor uh, gets less and less as it goes on. Yeah, like I thought it had been canceled, but yeah, I just looked it up, and it's it's there. He's saying it's not yet. So weirdly, Sweet. I I have a tendency to like want to support a show after it goes exclusively to streaming. <laughs> Because I do. I think streaming is the future. And sure, there's such a pushback. Uh, you know, people are s still so concerned with, with live ratings and saying, oh, well, this is going to be canceled because the ratings are bad. And, you know, it's one of those things with, with the CW shows as well, where they're like, oh, the ratings are terrible. Why haven't they canceled it yet? And I'm like, because they do really good numbers on streaming. That's why. Mm -hmm. And... You know, like uh, a CBS show that um, I can point to as well is uh, the David Boreanaz show Seal Team, which doesn't seem like it would be my cup of tea, but it's actually really good storytelling. And it's got David Boreanaz, so you're going to give it a shot, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty damn good. And I didn't give it a shot until like my wife was watching it and I wound up sitting in and being like, wait, wait so what's his deal? So what's his deal? <laughs> oh, shit. Who's that guy? And like. It's actually a really good show, and um, it's funny because last year they got canceled, and they got picked up exclusively by Paramount Plus. So, like, the first like three or four episodes were going to air on CBS, and then they were going to while they were advertising to their fans, we are going to go exclusively to Paramount Plus. And like the first episode there on Paramount Plus, 
<laughs> like Boreanaz drops like like five or six f bombs. Oh wow! <laughs> like they went full full throttle. It's way more you know violent. They curse a lot more. One of the guys told another guy to suck a bag of dicks. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, they got, man, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're leaning into this hard. They, that's, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm streaming is the future. Network television is clearly the past. Oh, for sure. Let's move this along. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to support things that are on streaming exclusively. Well, and it's, it's also what you talked about last week, which is like the CW effect where, you know, they they focus too much on the episodic and you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, just stop it. Just stop. We know he's just going to we know he's just going to shoot this guy with an arrow at the end. Like, it's fine. Let's move along. Um, mm-hmm. We need to get to the next. Uh, we need to, get to the next beat in the storyline. We don't care about the, the villain of the week or whatever. And that's yeah. been, I mean, to be true, to be honest, that's been a complaint since Buffy. And we're talking, what is that, like 30 years now? <laughs> yeah. How many years ago? Is that 20, 20 years, something like that? Yeah. Um, and we were, you know, complaining about it way back then. And it's like, yeah, uh, it, it's still a problem. And streaming, that's not really what people do in streaming. And so, right. uh, yeah, I'm excited. But yeah, the Orville, I think it, it'll continue to have an episodic feel. But they've already done things that are really bold. Um. Serialized going, story line. You're saying they're going boldly. They are. They are going boldly into new and interesting storylines. Um, they do. They really did some serialized serialized stuff with uh, with Orville, like seasons. You know, whatever. I'm mean, like, like I am so excited about where it ended in season two to see where that could go. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. like genuinely really excited. Um, and and that's that's just cool because it started as very much a sophomoric humor sort of show, but it's built a world now. And like, I'm about as excited about where the Orville universe goes as I am the Star Trek universe, which is a lot to say, you know? Yeah. Cause like I'm they, like, they're I'm dealing with like the geopolitics of what's going on out in the world with different alien races and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, now I have a good sense of who the, all of the players are. And like, he like got to create his own Star Trek universe from scratch. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's probably better than if they, he was constrained to have to deal with like, the universe in of itself. Yeah. 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 I do think his tone put on over Star Trek could have been weird, but like if they, I feel like if they let him do it his way, he might've been able to pull it off because like what he's doing now on the show feels a lot more like it would have fit into the Star Trek universe than what mm-hmm. he was doing in the first season one. Well, I mean, if they just let him do an honest, uh, honest to Seth, uh, Star Trek, he may not even had all those jokes and shit. You know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Instead of it needing to be sold as a Seth MacFarlane funny show, it could have just been mm-hmm. sold as a, hey, come watch the Star Trek show and it's going to be good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I'm pumped. Uh, anyway, that, that's, that starts in March, I think. We're, we're finishing a we're gonna we're we're, we're fin- gonna finish our coverage of season two and start season three right when it starts for the uh, for Pandavision or other straight up in the show over there okay so if you get caught up and you want to join us let us let me know it's fun to have you i'm working on marvel right now <laughs> truth <laughs> I, I i loved loki i'm into what if oh uh, yeah uh, how far are you yeah. in? um i watched uh captain carter and what if star lord was t'challa or whatever what did i love both of them good. i love both of them good 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 then you're then you're in, in for those are two. Those are both really, really good. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> what if T'Challa was Star Lord? Is like so insulting to Peter Quill. Just yeah, uh, so dang insulting. <laughs> that damn cliffhanger with Peter Quill working at the DQ. You know, working at the Dairy Queen. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "That's a story for another time." I'm like, "Holy shit!" Just, just so you know, like, and this is something they came out with about right now when what if was going on and everybody was so excited about the different characters and everybody starting to like mm-hmm. stamp the captain Carter shield on things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they announced around that time that they will absolutely be revisiting some of these worlds in season two. That's awesome. Um, and they, they said specifically at that, in that, uh, thing that they would be revisiting the captain Carter world. And so like mm-hmm. once I started, started hearing that after they released the first couple episodes and they started announcing that it's just like, 
the idea that they could tell these stories and, you know, any of these multiverse worlds exist and could be revisited. Um, I mean, it's so cool to be clear, man, if they do an Avengers movie where with a multiverse thing going on and we get captain Carter running around with Sam as captain America, like I want a live action Haley Atwell as captain Carter. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there've been discussions of that a lot ever since that episode came out. People just like bring her back. Bring her back. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I absolutely. Yeah. So I'm I'm down for that. Like I really, really loved what they did with her and with that episode. <laughs> I just what? have you have you heard any of the speculation that like that they're building okay, this this could be a spoiler a little bit. Uh, mm. uh it's not a big spoiler. Uh it, it actually it'll 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 improve your experience, if anything. Um <laughs> Okay. It's a slight Black Widow spoiler for for those Mm -hmm. of you out there. Black Widow does not end, does not catch up with Avengers Infinity War. So -hmm. there's this weird gap between Black Widow and Infinity War where we still don't know what happened. And there's been a lot of speculation of what they'll do. Like they could still do more Black Widow content and Black Widow is with Captain America when Infinity War starts. Mm-hmm. So, there's this weird gap where, you know, Black Widow ends and Infinity War starts, and there's this, like, secret Avengers type thing that happens in between, right? Because we know yeah. that, like, Cap and, um, you know, his whole crew, the whole, all of Team Cap is in hiding, running around, whatever. Mm. And, and then they, they join, uh, you know, uh, Wanda and Vision at that train yard or whatever in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. But like, there's been speculation that this has all been sort of like a long, long game thing with the like leaving of Steve Rogers and with the, you know, the Black Widow swan song for Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. that being their last two movies and all that. Like, there's been a, some speculation that they could, if they wanted to, like, so let's say the MCU's on rocky footing, they need to bring back some of their heavy hitters. They mm-hmm. could do a Secret Avengers movie and literally they could call it Secret Avengers, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. And it could fit slot in between, like, what was, the, what was going on in between those two things, you know? Yeah, that, that would be a real act of desperation, I feel like. It, or, uh, it, I think more, more likely than doing a whole movie. They could do something like... Like a Disney Plus series. Or uh, it could be like, here's some of the events that happened in... Like, sprinkle some of the events that could have happened then yeah. that might inform future future events. Like, maybe maybe right. they were... Maybe they f- messed with some multiverse stuff during that time. Who knows? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all neither here nor there. But <laughs> my, my idea was, as soon as you talked about having a live-action uh, Haley Atwell show up, like... I would love to see a Steve Rogers who's been on the road with Nat for like two, two years and they've sort mm-hmm. of fallen for each other. <laughs> and there's like, they finally have their embrace, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They finally have their moment of passion together. And then like a multiverse rift opens up and like Captain Carter steps through. <laughs> yeah. It'd be badass, <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, well, okay, Steve, I guess you've got a new dance partner. <laughs> He's like, I haven't danced in 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long, long time, Peggy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the super soldier serum doesn't just enhance my strength. <laughs> it also enhances my libido. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, yeah. I, I I think that's kind of a fun idea though. I'd I'd be down. I, I'm down for almost anything they want to do. Like I, I you know whatever they want to do. Like I, I don't know if they have if they have ideas for that. They clearly left a hole there for a reason. I just don't know what it is. I'm like <sighs> I was watching the end of Black Widow, and that's why I say it probably will increase your experience because if you're because I was watching Black Widow being like, all right, now they need to tie it all together. Yeah, no. she needs to meet up with Cap at the end because that's where Infinity War starts. And then it just doesn't happen. And I was like, yeah, well, that's annoying. <laughs> like, 
did yeah. they don't explain how she gets from there to there and it and it and it actually is kind of not obvious so it's like what i don't know it's annoying yeah i love how you're like they left a hole there for a reason might as well fill it with cap's dick because <laughs> scarjo definitely needs a man no i just think that like come on strong they, and independent listen i'm no it's him that isn't strong and independent <laughs> he is captain america he's nothing but strong and independent no no he's just like america <laughs> <laughs> he only thinks he is only only thinks he's <laughs> strong and independent um but no i'm just uh, playing with you anyway no i know i know i just <laughs> i i think that uh they, they have a lot of chemistry in a uh, winter soldier they did they did and like you know it just purely from a chemistry perspective i was like that should have happened even though i don't really i'm g- kind of glad it didn't but you know, because it, it lets him leave off with this romance with Peggy, but and it would like really kind of mess things up, like with the whole ending with Peggy, if he ended up like hooking up with Black Widow for a couple of years there in the middle. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, and then she like buys it on some alien world, and he's like, well, I guess I'm free and clear. <laughs> well, that thing you'd probably have to start that relationship and end that relationship in that movie somehow, and you could totally, yeah. you could totally see it. You know, they're just like on the road for years together, and they have a f- bit of a fling at some point. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, but either, even if they don't have a romantic relationship, still, I think that movie's not a bad idea. I mean, all of those people are so good looking, man. You're, you're seriously going to tell me that Stark hasn't thrown some like big party and they all haven't hooked up at some point or another. <laughs> I mean, um, come on. Yeah. You know, who knows, man? Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> Um. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks, guys, for joining us for this podcast about some show that I'm not sure where we started anymore. Star Trek Prodigy. <laughs> uh, Jolan True. Live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to the Star Trek Universe Podcast, a Stranded Panda production. If you'd like to hear more from David C. Robertson, check out the DC On Screen Podcast or maladjusted.tv for his web videos. If you'd like to hear more from Matthew Carroll, check out the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast or listen to his music. Just search for Matthew Carroll anywhere you get music. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.